Aubrey Miller was made, I mean, perfectly curated to be a linebacker. Let's look into what really makes him special. Oh, yeah, it's locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are locked on HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked on HBCU podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked on podcast network, your team every day. And I, of course, am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South, Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for going on this journey with me, making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. And remember. Just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over. It just means it's time to follow me on Twitter at South Exclusives, which you can see right here at the bottom of the screen. But if you don't, that means you're on the audio side of things. And just don't forget the S on the end of South Exclusives. See how easy that is? I still appreciate you. And today's episode is all about Aubrey Miller, a premier HBCU prospect already throughout this whole draft cycle has been on the front of many people's minds. And I think he does have a chance of being the first HBCU player drafted. I knew he was special, but as I watched his game film, I walked away absolutely blown away. I said, wow, this guy really is special. More so than I even knew before. We're going to wrap up the show with what I think his next step of development is. We're going to talk about his strengths, his four biggest strengths and what makes Aubrey Miller great in the beginning, or excuse me, in the middle of this episode, but we're going to start off everything about the fact of the matter is he was made to play linebacker. I sit here day one in the NFL draft, April 27, 2023. Aubrey Miller, when I watch him play, he is a player who was made to be a linebacker. There's a lot of versatile guys in the NFL draft. There's a lot of versatile guys in college football, especially when you get into the high school ranks, people be playing all kind of Aubrey Miller was made to be a linebacker. This is not a guy who I would want to play anything else. If he was about 15, 20 pounds lighter, I wouldn't want him to be a cornerback. At best, maybe a strong safety. But when I look at who he is, and it has nothing to do with, with physique, because Carl Anthony Towns of the Minnesota Timberwolves, he eight foot three inches tall, but he doesn't scream big to me. And I mean in the sense of a big man in basketball. So it's not just about your stature. It's just not about your physique. It's about a mentality. Physicality is the name of the game. These are the things that I feel like Aubrey Miller brings to the table that makes him perfectly curated to be a linebacker. First and foremost, he has the brains. We're going to kick it off there, right? But then he also has the leadership that I love in a linebacker. And then, of course, he has to have the physicality. Let's talk, let's talk about these brains because I understand a lot of people feel like brains and brawn, brains and physicality, they go so opposite. They might be on opposite sides of the spectrum, but a great linebacker is going to have both. There are two different things that we champion, brain versus brawn, strength versus intelligence. I understand. Aubrey Miller gives me both, and I need both from my linebacker position. See, I said it before. I'm a former LB, right? Former linebacker. I love the linebacker position. And for me, you need to be intelligent, especially if you're going to be the guy who is a guy in the NFL. 
What that means is that in the NFL, if you're a green dot player, that means all of the communication goes to you from the coach. That's who the coach is talking to to call the plays, to give the plays back to the, the rest of the players. That's on you. And for me, I think for Miller is up for that. I've seen him do it in college. I've seen him get everybody together. I know that he has the intelligence level. And the old cliche says the farther you go from the, the line of scrimmage, the smarter you have to be. Yeah, I hear all of that, but I don't think there's a position smarter than the middle linebacker on the defense. I just feel like he is the quarterback of the defense. So the same way that your quarterback needs to be the smartest player on your offense, the same can be said for the linebacker, specifically the middle linebacker on your defense. And you'll see that parallel kind of drawn quite a bit as I'm talking about this. But I think that Arvin Miller is set up for that. And I've seen it in action. It's just about if it translates to the NFL. Then I kind of pair his brains with his leadership. That's why I wanted to talk about these two next to each other. I feel like his ability to understand the game, because we're not just talking about being a vocal leader. We're talking about also just understanding the schemes because you need to know every single one of those players. You have to be the smartest person. You have to take care of the people who are not as smart as you on the field. That goes into the brains, but then carrying that intelligence kind of leads to his leadership in a sense. So when I hear him talking about Jackson State, the university, I hear a leader. When I hear him talking about black people in HBCUs and why that's where we need to be, I hear a leader. When I see him getting everybody together on the field, when I see him being emotionally charged, not only giving out instructions, but being the emotional push for Jackson State on defense, I see a leader. And all of these things I felt were validated when he went to the Senior Bowl because at the Senior Bowl, it was a situation where, yeah, you came from Jackson State. Yeah, you were big dog. You were swipe player of the year, but you were a bunch of players who are your peers. These people aren't following you because you've been on the program for two years. They're not following you because you're a green dot player. They're not following you because you're the starting middle linebacker. These are all guys who are in the same exact situation as you. And the fact that people walked away and said, Aubrey Miller's hustle and his leadership are two of the things that really spoke volumes about this player more than anything else. I think speaks volumes about his character. They're following you because of the core of the core character that you possess as a man. That's what they're following in Aubrey Miller. And if people who just met him a week ago can either notice it or gravitate towards it, you think everybody in the NFL, I'm not going to say everybody because of course you got to earn those things, but you think people in the NFL, you think scouts, you think those type of players don't notice that. And I want leadership. Once again, the parallel is drawn. Your quarterback, you want him to be a leader. Naturally, everybody accepts that. I don't even have to, I don't even have to explain why you want your quarterback to be a leader. Well, why wouldn't I want the quarterback of my defense to possess that same ability? No, I don't want him to be able to sling his 70 yards. No, I don't want him to be able to read defenses, but I want to read an offense. There's a lot of parallels between a middle linebacker and a quarterback. Leadership, brains are one of them. Now, where it stops is the physicality. But I don't want a linebacker that is okay with contact. I don't want a linebacker that I'll hit somebody. No, I want a linebacker that is looking for contact. And he does it. Look, let's be real. I told you the stature is not the important part, but Aubrey Miller is not a big guy. He's not a big guy. And I've seen him go toe to toe with offensive linemen on a repeated basis. I've seen him run up to an offensive lineman and knock them back on contact. And you know, he's the smaller man in that, in that, that battle. So you know that he's getting out way, but it never has mattered. Of course, you're going to have times when the guy's just bigger than you. That happens. That's most linebackers. 
He'll have to add some weight on when he gets to the NFL, but I've seen what he could do on the collegiate level. When you're talking about hitting people, I don't care what size you are. I don't care what size the person you're going against is. I just care how much do you love contact? How much do you love to hit? And when I look at Aubrey Miller, I see a player who loves to hit. Of course, he's not recklessly head, uh, head hunting or anything like that. But when you see him tackle a ball carrier, when you see him hit an offensive lineman, he's not just going to make a play. He's going to make a statement. And that's what I really do appreciate about Aubrey Miller. That's something I think is big. He has the brains. He has the leadership. But then he also has the physicality that you see in every single linebacker. In the words of Bone Crushing, he ain't never scared. Let's put it like that. That is the best way to talk about him. The epitome of Aubrey Miller is that he has a dog mentality and he brings that into every single aspect of the NFL game or he will bring into every aspect of the NFL game, whether that's preparing, whether that's practice, whether that's the game, whether that's special teams. Aubrey Miller was made to be a linebacker. And going forward, I want to dive a little deeper on what makes him special on the field because it's more than just those intangibles, the brains and leadership and physicality Let's talk about skill set. Let's talk about traits on the field. And I have the four biggest strengths of Aubrey Miller from my film breakdown. And it's what makes him special as we continue with Locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. And we look, I can tell by the way he plays. Aubrey Miller has had a built bar too on a regular basis. I don't know. He, he doesn't strike me as a puffs type of guy. He strikes me as the original. Maybe he's a blueberry muffin guy. You know, I love me some blueberry muffins. And I was really going crazy when I first started getting built bar. Those were my absolute favorite. It was the first ones that I gravitated towards. What about you? What are the first built bars that you gravitated towards? And what did you move on to? What's your favorite now? Let me know in the comments below. Let me know on Twitter. Let me know wherever you want to talk to me. But then after that, go to built.com slash locked on and get you those built bars. Don't just talk about it. Go spend a little money. And if you use the promo code locked 15, you can save 15% off your offer. Or if you're just impatient, you don't want to wait, go to Sam's Club, go to Walmart. You can get them right now ASAP. But if you can wait, go to built.com slash locked on. And as we continue rolling on today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. If you're listening to this super early, maybe Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, it hasn't happened yet, go check out the Locked On NFL Mock Draft. Seven rounds, great content. Check out your team. Check out your local team show. It is draft day, baby. It's time for you to go check this out. There's no better time to check out this Locked On NFL content than draft day. Okay, so now with that being said, let's talk about our player. Let's dive into our player. What makes Aubrey Miller so special? What makes Aubrey Miller a potential day two, early day three pick? And for the record, that's a probably third round to fourth, fifth round pick. What makes him that? I have four strengths of Aubrey Miller when I'm looking at him, right? The simplest one is playmaking ability. That's one that I don't have to break down. I'll simply lay out the stats to you this season. This season, Aubrey Miller had five forced fumbles in the game, or excuse me, not in the game. That would be absolutely ballistic. This man be a first-round draft pick if he had five forced fumbles in the game. But five forced fumbles during the season. He had two first, I mean, excuse me, two fumble recoveries during the season, and he had one of both in 2021. 
That is a playmaker. That is the mark of an impact player, especially this past season, to be able to force so many fumbles, including one in the Celebration Bowl. You're making impact plays in the biggest moments of the season. I love that. That's not something that everybody possesses. You have a lot of players who can get tackles, but you don't have a lot of players who can force five forced fumbles in a season. So that's one thing I think sets them apart. But when you have 100 tackles in a year, and then you go the next year and you get 100 tackles in a year again, his calling card has to be, able to be the fact that he flies around the, the field, right? He had 10 tackles in a game five times this season, three times in 2021. He's the type of player, if you're watching Jackson State and you didn't see 45, you were not watching Jackson State. I hate to inform you. If you were watching the Jackson State Tigers and you did not see Aubrey Miller, if you did not see 45 on their defense, you watched the wrong game. I don't know who you, maybe you watched State Jackson. I'm not sure, but that wasn't Jackson State because even on plays where he doesn't make the tackle, Aubrey Miller is around. He just flies around the football. That's how you have multiple 10 tackle games. He had a game against, unfortunately, my alma mater where he had 19 total tackles. Nine of those were solos. He gets a lot of assists, but that's because he's always around. He always flies to the ball. That's a calling card of his. And he's not just running around reckless. He's not just over there feasting off of other people either. He's a great tackler. Very efficient tackler. Very, very efficient tackler. You're not going to see him miss many tackles if you watch his film. And they're not always easy tackles either, right? There's sometimes you got to shoot through, the, through that gap where, and that's what we're going to get to in a second, but sometimes you have to shoot through a gap where it's not much room. For error, there's not much room for you to be able to stick your arm out and not get the guy, whether it's a tackle around the ankles, whether it's a tackle around the chest. He has the amount of power necessary to drive his legs and push you back if you guys are both standing up. Aubrey Miller is a really good tackling machine, so let's not forget that. Multiple tackles, and he's playing downhill at times where he has double-digit tackles for a loss. So it's not like he's having tackles 15 yards down the, down the field. Negative one losses uh neutral gains maybe a gain of one this is a really impactful player those 100 tackles are impactful trust me the other thing that i see is great vision aubrey miller has really good vision and i know we talk about this with running backs but it's really necessary with linebackers as well because just like the running back is trying to find the hole the linebacker is too and for miller he's not fast he ran a 4.7 in the 40. I wouldn't say speed is his game, but he's way explosive, way more explosive than he is speedy. He's quicker than fast. That's the, the kind of cliche that people like to use, and I think it would apply to Aubrey Miller. This is a player who, when the ball snaps, he's not downhill immediately. He's not going downfield to the line of scrimmage immediately. He's really patient, almost to the point where you sit there and you wonder at times, what is he doing? Is, is he going to move? And I think that sometimes gets off into linemen, too, because it feels as if they're lining him up and they know where he's going to be. And then right when they get probably a step, maybe two steps away from him, he's explosive enough. He's quick enough to where he gets around them and it throws them off. Now, sometimes they do get on him. Of course, that's a that's a something you got to deal with. But a lot of times you see him get around offensive linemen. You see him get to the hole extremely quickly. It's like he's waiting. He's reading the line. He's waiting. He's waiting. And as soon as he sees it, he has an extreme level of burst to be able to get to whatever spot that he's trying to get to. But like I said, sometimes it's not that easy. Sometimes you're not able to get past that offensive lineman. But he's a phenomenal block shedder, right? I think he's really good. I think he has, I would say, on a scale of 1 to 10, probably an 8 
eight and a half as far as block shedding goes, because on one hand, he's a really good hand fighter. So he does a good job of not allowing them to get hands on him. And then he can use his quickness. But you can't be a one trick pony. And at 225, 230, right? Because he was 225 on Jackson State website. I think he was 230 at the pro day. I was surprised at how strong he was. When Lyman do get a hand on him, he does a good job either disregarding the block, and maybe that's when he wins the hand fighting, or if they want it, now he's leaning off the block, disengaging right when the ball carrier comes by. That's a skill that's not that easy for everybody. Not everybody can disengage on blocks to be able to get tackles, to be able to get hands on ball carriers. That's not a skill that you're going to see in every single linebacker, but I think it's something that he does really well. He's not giving up on any play. The motor that you see from flying around the field, being around plays that you think he didn't even get a tackle on, that's not only, I'll say, relegated to the open field. He does that in trash, too. He does that in the mess. The trash is the offensive lineman trying to block him. But he does that within there, too. The motor to never give up on a play, and a lot of times it leads to a tackle. A lot of times it leads to the linebacker, or excuse me, to the running back being slowed down coming through the hole because he's a strong guy. His arm tackles aren't just easy to break through. They're not dummies where you just do, 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 do. It's not one of those type of dummies. So Aubrey Miller, I feel like we talk about his intangibles, the things that make him a linebacker leadership brains physicality but he takes all of those things to have great vision be a playmaker forcing turnovers to fly around the field to have strong block shedding these are all things that i truly appreciate when i watch aubrey miller on tape and this is a guy that i would go back and watch again even if i didn't have to do a film breakdown that's how thoroughly impressed i was with his game film and he's gained a lot more love from me now i do have one step that i would love for him to take one little piece of development that I think is going to be extremely important to him having a long-standing NFL career, and that's he's going to have to develop as a coverage linebacker. And we'll dive into that and why that's necessary as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. And as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU, I appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day, every day, and making it all the way to segment three. I thank you two times for that. And we're talking about Aubrey Miller. We dove into why he was made to play the position he was. He just is perfectly suited for that. We dove into what makes him special. And this is something that I don't think he's terrible at, but this is something I think he really does need to improve going into the next level. And that's being a coverage linebacker. Aubrey Miller is a player who, listen, if you want to be a multi-year NFL player at the size that he is, I think this is mandatory growth for him to grow as a, as a coverage player, right? And it's not that I feel he's overly poor at it. So when you talk about these things, you would think that I thought he was just terrible at, at coverage. Nah, not really. But Jackson State removed him on multiple third downs when they knew passing was coming. That was concerning to me because it's the question I would naturally ask, why? Now, of course, if I was in a different position, I would be able to ask why, but I can't. So all I can do is kind of ponder. I don't have any re coaches I can reach out to at the moment to just be like, hey, why was Aubrey Miller out on third down so much when it was passing situations? One would have to assume, and I hope I don't have the same. We talk about cliches. You know what they say about assuming. Hopefully, I'm not doing that at the moment. But I would assume he's not that good at it. 
He's your best linebacker. He's your best defensive player. Why would he not be in the game on a certain situation on a repeated basis? It started off when I watched the Celebration Bowl. I say I saw the same thing when I watched the Texas Southern game. See, I thought maybe he might have been injured in that Celebration Bowl. Maybe that's what it was. But unless he was injured in that TSU game as well, this was just a schematic thing. They took him out on third down, especially when passes were coming. Now, of course, that means he just wasn't one of the two best passing pass covers linebackers that Jackson State had. Of course. But with this being your best defensive player, you would think you would want him on the field at all times. I saw a time when Texas Southern got a long third down. And what did they do? They rushed. They rushed to the field. I mean, rushed to the line of scrimmage. So now you can't swap out. I wouldn't want to risk that happening to my best defensive player if I could avoid it. So to me, that tells me that. They, I don't want to call him a liability. I'll stop short of that because I watched him cover it, and I know he's not a liability, but I know that this is not a strong suit in his game. Otherwise, he wouldn't have been pulled in those situations on multiple occasions. It's okay. See, here's the thing. You can masquerade a poor coverage linebacker in the NFL. I don't know if you can masquerade Aubrey Miller's seemingly coverage deficiency in the NFL, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because most times you can cover up for a strong side linebacker. Most times you can cover up for a player who isn't really a guy who's going to be in there on third down anyway. You go from a 4-3, you have three linebackers. If that guy is a player who is the strong, when the third down comes in, you're going to bring an extra defensive back and he's going to be gone. But at 225, 230, I don't know how much weight he puts on. He might put up put on enough weight to be a strong side backer. But let's say he's a weak side or a Mike, a, a middle linebacker or a, or a weak side linebacker, right? He's going to be in there on passing downs, or at least you would ideally want him to be. So he's going to have to improve. It's not going to be able to be hidden. You're not going to have a player of his caliber and who I think he could be who you take out on passing downs. That's just not how you would want to sustain his career, especially. Matter of fact, I would say guys at his size are more so coverage experts. That's what they do. That's how they get on the field. So if you're taking him off the field for that reason, I would say that that is an issue. I think he can develop at it because I've watched him cover. He has good spatial awareness. I've seen him in zone. Not so much man responsibilities, but I've seen him in zone. This is a guy who knows how to carry players in his zone. He knows how to keep players in front of him. You haven't seen him be tested, so you don't see him really break on the ball too much. But you understand he has the basic awareness of what it takes to cover in a zone, in a zone scheme. He's not a liability. It's just not a strong suit of his. There's something you can work with. He wouldn't hate what he did at the at the senior bowling coverage. There is possible or there's potential there to tap into let's be very clear you can tap into potential you don't have to create potential but you do have to grow that potential to actually being reached if you're going to have a long-standing career in the nfl and i believe he can do it and i believe he can have a long career aubrey miller wow in the words of my old jujitsu teacher wow when i watch this guy he's special i thoroughly enjoyed watching his tape and I'll thoroughly enjoy watching him wherever he goes in the NFL because this is a player. This is one of the big three that I feel very confident, full confidence that he gets drafted in this year's NFL draft. It's just a matter if it happens day two or if it happens day three. But I do believe he gets his name called by somebody in 2003. Now, in the meantime, in between time, guys, I, or first off, thank you. I really do appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day. Tomorrow's episode will be dropping at probably midday. 
It'll be Gerald Huggins coming on to talk about some draft predictions. We'll start seeing some HBCU players come off the board. We'll be talking about when that's going to happen and anything in between. Who knows where that's going to go? But that's one of the things that we'll talk about on Friday's episode. In the meantime, in between time, if you're looking for me, you can find me on Twitter at South Exclusives. Until the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.